Good morning, everybody. This is Skinny. Welcome to Skinny on the Home. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinny McKinney, coming to you live from Lexington. Continuing our from last week, we had about 50 or so things that homeowners can do that maybe we're not doing, and we went over a few of those lists last week. So that's, we're going to continue that the, today on the show. Again, we're brought to you by 84 Lumber Company. Uh, fall is here. The Spending the time outdoors with fire pits and roasting marshmallows. Stop by your 84 Lumber Company for all your building needs. Take a look at what maybe is possible coming into the winter for the spring if you're looking for a project or you're going to build something or want to just get some ideas for materials or even talk to them about, we've talked about lumber prices and things like that on a couple of shows a couple of weeks ago. Team at 84 Lumber helps you get ideas together, materials together. So whether you're doing it yourself, DIY project, or just want to see what's in stock, let's go to 84lumber.com. They have three locations around us, Lexington, Georgetown, and Versailles. So thanks for tuning in today. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy Skinny McKinney. I answer your questions, giving you the Skinny on Home Improvement, Remodeling, Designing, or Building. Whether you're doing it yourself or having a friend or relative help or hiring a professional, we're Skinny on the Homes. We're here to educate you on the latest products, trends, designs, techniques. So last week we talked about quite a few things on things we need to do. A lot of it was mainly some maintenance things. So like your refrigerator, pulling that out, vacuuming the back of the coils, we talked about, you know, if you're getting a water line hooked up, be careful with that, not to pinch that. We talked about washer maintenance, dryer maintenance, cleaning those things out. Again, if you missed, we went through about 20 or so of those last week. If you missed any of that, uh, you can get subscribed to the podcast. And that's free, by the way. Not a lot of things free anymore, but that is free. There you go. We talked about cycling through our pillows. So you don't need to wash your pillows every week, but like you do your sheets, but every three months or so, you know, throw those into the washing machine. When you're drying it, add a tennis ball or at my house, we have these, we call them dryer balls. They're, they look like a tennis ball. Throw that in there and it'll help keep the pillows from clumping together when you're drying them and those things. So, so this is a, this is a good one here. We talked about, you know, I think in previous shows, you know, wiping down door handles and light switches. This one is wipe off the remote. So if you that's the one thing that we probably use on a regular basis that when is the last time that that gets in everybody in the house is using it, you know, and with trying to keep germs from spreading and things like that. So just like your phone, you touch the remote with dirty hands and spread those germs and dead skin cells around. So wipe it down once a week with a micro microfiber cloth or a little rubbing alcohol, a little disinfectant and uh, keep that clean there for you. I know in our house, we've got a Roku remote and a, remote for the sound and one for the TV and they're on multiple floors and sometimes they're hidden in the couch for a while. So if you find any extra remotes laying around, make sure you wipe them off. The uh, next one is shining up the shower head. The, uh, your shower head should get a wipe down every couple of weeks. You know, on, I noticed on mine and with, and in Kentucky, we have a lot of hard water, so the um, the lime and the calcium build up around your shower heads and those things, you see that white residue uh, start to build up. So wipe that down every couple of weeks, a deep cleaning, you know, maybe twice a year where you can get in there and take that apart 
and clean out those pieces because sometimes you have a lot of debris that runs through your lines every now and then. So don't fear. You won't have to. Rem- you don't have to necessarily remove your shower head to clean it. Just a few items um, around the house that can clean that out. Some vinegar is great for for cleaning those. Just remember, whatever products you use, think about what that's going to do to the finish of the product. So just check with your check the bottles of anything that you use to clean with to make sure it's not going to tarnish your finishes and things like that. Next on the list is rinsing off the hairbrushes. You know, I have a problem with this because I have to uh, I have to brush my hair. I don't brush my hair. I'm I'm bald. I have no hair on my head. So this with my my wife and my daughters, this this is a bit this is a big thing with hairbrushes. So even if you pull your hair out of your brushes and combs, there still could be things that you need to rinse off and get rid of lingering debris residue left over by hair products. Uh, you know, give them an overnight soaking in warm water and baking soda can uh, do the trick for you there. So rinse rinse those hairbrushes. Maybe I'll maybe I'll use one for my beard. Trying to grow that out a little bit, you know, thinking of getting into the colder months. So I don't know how long I want to get it. I'm not a, I'm not really a beard guy, but uh, anyway, we'll see. All right. Next on the list, wiping down our shower curtains. So the shower curtains attract all kinds of yucky mildew and uh, things from being in a moist environment like steamy showers. I know ours, we have, we have to take our curtain off every so often and throw it in the washer um, and then sometimes replace that inner lining because that that stuff inside there, man, that climbs and grows on the shower. And then how many times do we, when you open the shower curtain and, and uh, you just leave it open. So then it's just holding all that moisture in there and all the creepy stuff starts forming in there and you get to... Uh, all that mildew and black built up. So yeah, so one good thing you can do is probably just when you get out of the shower, close that shower curtain, leave it open. It'll help air it out a little bit more, maybe give it a little bit longer time between cleaning. So, you know, it's best to give a good wipe down with some baking soda and turn it in. Like I said, turn it in the, to the washer every now and then. That's what we do on ours. But uh, if you have glass doors, a lot of our, a lot of remodels we do with JNR Construction we do a lot of glass shower doors, and some of our clients, they have a squeegee that can squeegee off the glass. But also, I've had some clients have some success with using some Rain-X. So like you would for your view, some Rain-X in your, in your washer fluid for your vehicle. Spray some of that on there, and it gives a good coating and helps keep that water coming off there. Because, again, you're going to have a lot of calcium buildup and things. And if you've got glass shower doors and tracks you know, getting that, that calcium buildup in the tracks and whatnot can uh, make your sliding mechanisms a little hard to do and uh, clog those up. So keeping those clean and wiped down. Next on the list, again, we're talking about things that most of us as homeowners aren't doing, but maybe we need to do. This one is uh, start a homeowner's journal. So this is a binder thing that keeps your insurance papers, repair receipts, um, I know every year, like if I do repairs around the house and my, for tax purposes, need to pull out things to know how much I spent on certain repairs and doctor's visits and all those things, have those in a file. You can easily pull those out. 
uh, if you need to. Repairs are important, especially if you're keeping maintenance up on your home. It's just like the maintenance on your car, keeping track of those things. And if you go to sell your house, I mean, what? how comfortable would you feel if you went to buy somebody's house and they handed you basically a binder and said, here's basically your manual of the house and things that I've done over the years to keep up with that and all the maintenance. You can look back and easily see maybe when the roof was replaced, when the HVAC system was replaced. If you keep track of uh, filter changes, all those things, just like a manual for your car, having a manual for your house, keeping that journal. So storing all your house's information handy in one place makes life easier, especially if you need to look something up that you haven't even thought about or even needed to look up for years. I know in our house, we had, when we first moved in, I had a second hot water heater put in because I wanted to be able to run the kitchen sink the laundry and the dishwasher all on itself if we were taking a shower so we wouldn't have to worry about that. But I looped those in a way so if one hot water heater ever went out, I could pull some levers and shut off some valves so then the other one would work and still supply the house. Well, that was 10 years ago. And just last year that happened. The hot water heater went out. So I had to, I had to remember so having, having something that you could pull out and see kind of a diagram, hey, this is what we did and this is what you need to do if this happens, um, is a great thing to do. So keeping that homeowner's journal. And we have Gary from Lexington on the line here with us. Hey, Gary. Hello. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you today? I'm doing well. I have a question about something that happened. I just bought a house and my son put a freezer in the garage which i have another refrigerator in the garage there and he plugged okay. it in the same plug and it killed the plug so mm. i replaced the receptacle and plugged it back up not his but the one that was always working there and it doesn't work anymore and when i go to the circuit breaker there's nothing wrong so any ideas of what happened there do you have any other plugs in the house that aren't working in addition to that one not that i'm aware of do you have a are you familiar with what a gfi or gfci plug is yes yeah do you have normally how old's your house less than 12 years old okay you may do you have a gfi in the garage on one of the outlets i'm not sure but because one side's got a bunch of stuff piled up in it and the plug's covered up. I, I have some kind of. It sounds power like my garage. <laughs> yeah, but that was a weird power unit. I don't know if it's plugged to the cable or what. Some kind of auxiliary stuff was over there on that other side. I, it might be backed up yeah. like that. I would check the rest of the plugs in the garage and see if you've got a GFI. Usually, that's what happens if the breaker's not kicked. And that plug is still not working, and that means you've got a GFI outlet somewhere that's not that's got kicked, and you just need to hit the reset button, and it should work for you. But you can also, if that doesn't work, um, you know, having an electrician out will will help you out with that. But thanks for the call, Gary, and stay tuned. We'll be right back here at Skinny on the Home. Welcome back. This is Skinny. Welcome back to Skinny on the Home. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinny McKinney. Thanks, Gary, for your call. That's a good one. I have I've had some issues with my plugs in the past too because I've had I've got a refrigerator and a freezer, and um, 
I had had the same issues and I, I was able to find the GFI that was connected. And, you know, sometimes I found that the GFI was in the laundry room or in another room right inside the house, like in my kitchen that was also connected to the garage. So Gary, if you, if you have any GFIs out there, if you don't see them in the garage, check maybe in adjacent rooms close to there, see if you've got one tripped. And then if all else fails, if you can't figure it out from there, just give a electrician a call and they, usually they can uh, come out fairly easily and help you with that. Sometimes it's, you know, the breakers go bad, but they, it should have kicked. So I think it's a GFI that you've got there. The, um, all right, so we are brought to you by 84 Lumber Company. Give them a call or visit your local 84 Lumber Company. 84lumber.com is their website. Get some more information there. Finishing our series today, two-part on things most of us as homeowners aren't doing, but maybe we need to do need to do with our houses. And the last one was the journal, keeping keeping track of that. The next one is cleaning out the dryer vent. Yeah, you definitely don't want those critters and those crickets crawling up in that dryer vent. The cleaning out the dryer vent, you know, depending on where it's at on your house, the lint, you know, if it's got a screen on the outside of it that keeps birds and critters from going up in there and building nests and those things, if it doesn't have a screen on it, you may want to check that and possibly get a screen attached to that. But, you know, a, a plug dryer vent will cause your dryer to run inefficiently, inefficiently, and that's bad. So one, it'll take longer to dry the clothes, and a plug dryer vent could cause house fires, and that could be deadly. We talked about dryer vents in the past before. I think it's something around 15,000 fires a year are the result of a clogged or a dirty dryer vent. So dryers that are centrally located in the house are most prone to plugging because the they have longer ducts, longer runs of, of the ductwork going to the outside. So excess lint is the only reason ducts get clogged. So nesting pets and stuck exhaust hood flappers can also cause backups, but it's mainly just excess lint. So stronger odors and longer dry times are two signs that your vent is plugged. So if you notice your clothes are just taking extra long to dry or you've got a timed cycle and every time you run it through that 30 minute cycle or that hour long cycle and it's still not you're having to run it again that could be a sign that you've got some lint build up so you'll have to remove the vent on the back there are companies that clean those that have equipment that can go in and out that can even take cameras down through there and if you have a company that's going to come out and clean that dryer vent that might be the right time to look at your hvac your heating and cooling ductwork in the house as well if that needs to get cleaned out because sometimes there's some some uh, things that can be trapped in those as well especially if you've got on the floor and and i know when we were house we lived in previously we had a cold uh, cold air return in the middle of the floor and it was right close to the kitchen so it seems like every kid was always dropping crumbs and debris and something else down there and uh, I eventually took that return and actually put another filter right there, even in addition to the filter that was at the return, just because everything, dog hair, regular hair, dust, everything was just always getting sucked into there. So on your on your dryer vents, you have to remove the vent from the back to clean it. 
you know, use use a wet dry vac or a shop vac, a brush that can get in there, clean those out. Some have attachments for power drills. Most of those kits for cleaning duck works you can find at your local big box stores, home centers. If your duck ducks ducks d u c t s not ducks that flap and fly around and swim around. But yeah, the if your ducks need replacing. Get uh, you want to get the smooth kind that can when it is connected together. It, there's not a lot of opportunities for for more buildup to get collected around screws and things like that. So avoid plastic ducting altogether if you can. It can be a fire hazard by itself. All right, next on the list, adding some more shower shelves. So that's an easy one that uh, you can uh, those shelves that hang from the shower pipe are fine but you only have one shower pipe. So hang some more shelves. You can just take a simple uh, mount a cabinet knob in your, using a wall anchor. One that's non-corrosive, of course, because you're going to have a lot of water and steam. That can get you some extra shelving in there if you need some extra spots for all your shampoo bottles and hair products and toe cream. (laughs) Just kidding. There's not toe cream that anybody uses. Hey, um, all right, next on our list, sealing your outlets and sealing boxes. Sealing, sealing, that's, man, that's a hard to say, sealing. So closing those up, your outlets and your ceiling up above you, sealing boxes. So tiny gaps around your outlets and exterior walls and those boxes can let cold air in. So a good test, you know, I think uh, probably tomorrow, this weekend, it's gonna get down into the 40s. It's gonna get a little cooler. Uh, or even this winter. So go around your outlets and put your hand over there. If you feel cold air or you feel a little draft coming in, there's some things you can do with some spray foam. You can get cans of that that you can seal around those. Sometimes be careful with that. Those That stuff can be hard to clean up and get off of walls and paint and stuff like that. You can also, they make these basically foam weather stripping pads that are the look just like an outlet and then the middle parts are removed and then you can so you can take your outlet cover off put that on there put your outlet cover back on and that'll help with that airflow and cut down that cold air coming in so a couple little things there especially going into colder months so it also lets warm air in during the summer cold air in the winter It'll help uh, drafts and especially that heating bill. So if you've got all electric heat and your heating bill is up and your air conditioner bill is up every year, look at look at that. That's a think about a small outlet, one outlet in your house, and the the airflow that comes around that. And if you multiply that by all the outlets that you have in your house, it's basically like leaving your window open. That's how much air could be coming in and out. So that's a good way to seal that up. Again, even if you if you don't if you rent, um, these are things you can do in the future. There's also some of these things you can do as you're renting that'll help because most times when you rent, you have to pay your own utilities. So these are things that can help keep utilities down even in your rentals. So even in you know the, those little foam packs for the outlets that I was just talking about, they're not that expensive. So even if you're renting somewhere, you can spend probably less than 10 bucks to get enough of those that you need to put those in and help with your uh, heating and cooling bills. And plus, it'll help the next renter. So you're paying it forward. There you go. All right. 
Next on Paint It Forward. Deserves a clap. All right. Check your HVAC filters. So you should replace your air filters at least four times a year. I was had one client that, you know, there's a lot of homes that are built that the air handler unit is up in the attic. And to get to the attic, you have to go through a little scuttle hole that's in the middle of a closet that there's no way unless you clean out that entire closet, put up a step ladder, get up in there. I had one client. I helped them. We were doing, I forget what we were doing, but we asked about, they were having, I think they had some cl- a clog or something there, something with the air, air conditioner. And it had been almost a couple years since they had replaced a filter. And this thing was black. I mean, it was, they didn't even smoke or anything in the house, but it was black. And it was definitely why the HVAC was uh, not working very well. So now one thing, if you do have an air handler up in your attic, you can get uh, return filters put in. So down actually in the house, if you have air returns, the bigger vents in your, if they're in your ceiling, if they're in your wall, you can get return, you can get filters for those that you can change those down below. So that'll be a little bit built, a little bit easier. And then sometimes you can, um, you can change um, the filter that's in the unit itself on a longer, it'll, it'll last a lot longer. So it's best to check them once a month. This, this helps with just keeping the system running healthy and debris and clogs and keeping debris and dust out there. Especially if you have, if you have pets and those things too, a lot of that dander and hair and all those things can get caught up in that. So, all right, we are now, you want to inspect the automatic garage door safety shutoff. So if you have basically a laser that comes across that if, if your garage door is closing, and we'll, we'll talk some more about that, where that's, where's that, where that's located and how to check all that when we return here in just a minute. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. This is Skinny. Welcome back to Skinny on the Home. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinny McKinney, brought to you by 84 Lumber Company. We're going through things that most of us as homeowners aren't doing, but probably we should be doing. And then we, we were talking last about the garage door safety shutoff system mechanism. Some of your older doors don't have these. So some of your new, if you've replaced your opener, a lot of the openers, you know, if you have something that gets caught in the bottom and it, it hits it and there's a, it can't close all the way. It'll, it'll automatically go back up. So that's something, if you don't have these automatic door safety shutoffs, uh, that's basically on the side, you got basically a laser beam that goes across there. And if something trips that, it's going to cause the door to go back up. So check, check that and take a, take a box or don't, don't put a dog or a cat under there, but maybe a box or a chair or something like that. Let that garage door come down and close and see, but um, just check and make sure that they're, those are working and those are lined up because sometimes those get off you know you're getting the mower in and out or maybe you've got brooms and rakes and things like that over by the side of the garage door pulling those out can can get those off just a little bit so just uh check and make sure that that's in good shape and that that's working properly so that's an easy one there all right so the other one this is i'm coming up because i noticed my garage door is doing this the next one is about garage doors is lubricating garage doors so your doors are probably a series of panels 
They're connected with hinges, have either metal or plastic rollers on each side. Use an appropriate lubrication lubricant, depending on if it's metal or plastic rollers. It'll keep those rollers rolling smoothly. Some of them you can come in spray cans. Some come in more like grease that you can put in there. But just get those lubricated well. You can stop by, again, your local hardware store, big box store, talk to um, someone in the aisle there, and they can probably assist you with that. But I found some, you know, occasionally if I get a good squeak or two, you know, some WD-40 I use on mine, but then I, long-term I've got some more, I forget the name of the spray, but it's specifically for garage doors <clears throat> that I put on the rollers and it just helps it smooth uh, transition there. So you're getting some squeaks and, and uh, things that, because that garage door opener and you've got a spring up there. So the garage door opener is all, is not meant to lift the whole weight of your door. That's why there's a spring up above there too. So you don't, in fact, keeping those rollers free will in, help the life of your garage door opener extend on those things. So the... All right, we've talked about the refrigerator. So now we're going to talk about the refrigerator grill, which is that piece at the bottom, pulling that out, washing that. You know, again, that builds up dust over time and can block that airflow, which can end up long-term, if it's not cleared out, can burn up the coil system for, could possibly burn up the coil system for your, for your refrigerator. So cleaning those keeping those free of that debris and all those things. I think last week I had a surprise guest at the end and I was going to do, I was going to ask myself my own questions and answer them for the, for the bonus round. So I will, I will not have any surprise guests this week. Hopefully there will not be any intrusions (laughs) on my show. I love you, Brad, but yeah, you can't come in this week. So we'll, I'll get those here as we get to the end. All right. Organizing your refrigerator. So we're all inside. Maybe if you can't go anywhere. Hey, it's a great project for the kids. Hey, uh, let's organize the refrigerator. Just shake things up a little bit. Maybe the milk's been on the bottom drawer for 20 years. Let's put it on the top. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So whether you live in an apartment by yourself or you have a family of five, somehow food is always piling up in the fridge. So at the beginning of every month, maybe take out all the containers, perishable items, those things, getting in a good routine of that because, you know, just because it's refrigerated doesn't mean it's forever. And I know there's, I went through this, me and my wife went through there. And she, we, we've got the, the drawers in the bottom seem to be where everything goes to die. You know, there's those bottom drawers, put something in there and then something else gets piled on top of it and then, then keeps going like that. And the next thing you know, you've got something growing in the bottom. So if you have a little extra motivation, suggest wiping down those shelves and uh, doing a thorough clean after you finish decluttering is a good way there. So keeping those fridges organized and clean so you don't have some science projects growing in the back. The All right, so next on our list, inspecting the sinks and the tub drains. We found this cool, so I have wife, daughters, there's a lot of hair in my house. I have no hair. I could, I could probably take the hair from the drains and what's on the floor and probably make myself a wig. And I might do that one of those days. That would be, uh, that would be pretty funny. 
All right, that's a bad joke. <clears throat> so inspect those sinks and those tub drains, those having blockages there. And also, we had, uh, had once, about once a year, I had to take my sink drain apart and clean some things out because toothpaste really and makeup and some of those things can uh, get clogged up down there. So you can pour a cup of baking soda down the drain followed by some hot water. That should help clear things out. It's uh, baking soda. Man, you can use baking soda for everything. Put baking soda in your swimming pool. Put it in your, I don't know if you, yeah. Anyway, fridge smells good. Clean out the drains. But we, what I was going to say was we found this plastic, basically looks like it covers the drain. I forget what it's called, but it's not very tall. But we just plug it in the drain, still allow water to go in, but it catches all the hair. So then when you, you can just pull that out, remove all the hair, and there you go. So keeps the clogs from happening in our in our house next on our list cleaning the filters in your range hood so if you have a the fan that you turn on when you're cooking that keeps the gets all the bacon smell out of the house and the steam out and things like that well there's usually a filter up there or down there ours is a downdraft which downdrafts are just a pain in the butt to clean let's just say that Okay. My wife will appreciate that. The, but there's a filter. There's a filter in ours, and it, you take that out, and it's, it's clogged up with grease and all those things. So even when you're cooking and you've got a range hood above you that vents out, the grease splatters, and it's going to get, can get caught up in there. So the purpose of the range hood filters collect grease, and so over time it'll become less effective as grease builds up. So to clean them, you know, remove it, get a sink full of hot water, dishwashing liquid, some baking soda. There you go. So we're, we just need to buy some stock and baking soda. I mean, we're using baking soda to do everything on this list. So leave it soaking in there for 10, 15 minutes. If needed, give it, some, give it a good scrub. Then dry the filter. Make sure it's completely dry before you put it back up there and you're using it again. Or if you're not going to use the uh, stove for a while, put it in there, turn it on. It'll help. Get some moisture out of there. Next, we have making your appliances smudge-free. Hmm, that'd be nice. So if you have uh, stainless steel kitchen appliances, you may want to consider using car wax to clean them rather than surface cleaner. Interesting. So take, take simply apply a light coat of car wax to the appliance Allow time to dry, buff it off to resist fingerprints and smudges. So no more kitty fingerprints on your fridge. So that'll, that'll be a good one to try. I've got, we've got a lot of black appliances and white, but we do a lot of JNR construction. We do a lot of kitchen remodels that, you know, the stainless appliances are very popular. And there's also, there's a black stainless, but, and some that are better resistant to fingerprints and smudges, but maybe you have, stainless appliances you've had for a while try some car wax um and and let me know if, if any of you listening if you try that let me know in the future how that worked out for you and if that's a, a good good thing to use so all right next on our list we have more baking soda <laughs> you know the <laughs> the uh baking soda if you want to buy it in bulk uh, at your, at your uh, club stores, 
there's uh, two in town, but one one I go to that is basically a big, huge bag. You, I started buying those big bags like that when we had a hot tub. I would put some in there, and it helped keep the water clear. But the next on our is with baking soda is cleaning upholstery with baking soda. So use this handy hint if there's any funky smell lurking in your couch. We have we have dogs in our house. We got a we got a couch that was a cloth couch that when we first got it we were trying to put keep blankets on it so that when the dog if the dogs got up there we were trying to keep them off and that didn't work. Dogs are up there with us. And now there's no blankets on there, so the dogs are on there all the time, but and but if you have some odors and things um, lurking there. Sprinkle a generous, generous amount of regular baking soda onto the fabric and let it sit there for at least 20 minutes and uh, it'll help release those orders and break that out and then you can vacuum that right up. So there you go, baking soda for everything. Baking soda all around, thank you. All right, we'll be right back, Skinny on the Home. Last quarter of Skinny on the Home, I'm your host, Jimmy Skinny McKinney. All right, next on the list is keeping an always fresh toilet brush. Hmm. <laughs> so, toilet brushes. Didn't know we were going to talk about toilet brushes today. Toilet brushes are pretty, you know, it's a pretty filthy task. So, and the thought of what's left over on a brush can leave people a little queasy. Hopefully you're not uh, in the line to get lunch right now. If you are, sorry about that. So put a splash of pine soil, pine saw, pine soil. <laughs> pine saw in the bottom of the brush container. Not only does this help deodorize the bathroom, but it also disinfects the toilet brush. So there you go. One way to keep that a little clean if that's something you use on a regular basis. Next we have... Man, we have cleaned this refrigerator so much. <laughs> We've—I don't know. I've, I've noticed when I clean, when I pull my fridge out sometimes, and I push it back, then there's a whole line of stuff that's there that puzzle pieces that have been missing for years and whatnot. So, this is just cleaning under your fridge. So the space between your fridge and the floor is a magnet for pet hair, dust, food, crumbs, smaller trinkets. So there's, you know, we had those. Um, those alphabet letter things that you put it on there and you press the button and it tells you what letter it is and tells a little song. If you've got those on your fridge and, and I'm just reminding you and now that song's going to be stuck in your head, I apologize. I'm glad we got rid of that eventually. Our girls don't are older now, so they don't uh, use that anymore. But we used to find letters underneath the fridge all the time. So and if it goes too long without cleaning, it can attract ants and all those other things. So make a cleaning task less difficult use a hair trap cleaner also called a drain cleaning zip tool that's something you can just shove under there pull some things out um, they sell those in home improvement stores less than five bucks uh, hair, the hair tra trap won't leave scratches on the floor and can reach further than a vacuum cleaner attachment can so if you can't move your fridge out or if it's a pain to do that this can reach back in there and pull some things out for you. Called a hair trap cleaner. So, hey, if you get one of those, too, you can back up when we were talking about keeping your drains clear. If you don't have all those handy-dandy hair catcher thingies. That's a, that's a technical term, by the way. <laughs> you can use that to get that hair out of your drains for that. So, 
All right, next we have cleaning your computer ports. So where you plug in like your USBs and your printers and those things. So once the magnet charging port collect a bunch of metal, once this just talking about once you keep plugging things in and out, sometimes some metal shavings come off there. He said he's tried blowing those out with compressed air, but that didn't work. So he took some a bit of poster putty and formed that up and just put that in there and then it, everything kind of clings to it and then you can get that uh, cleaned out. So if you've got some some ports on your laptop or your computers that need some cleaning, that's a way. Get some putty, put that in there and uh, take care of that. So, all right. Next, we were talking about earlier on the garage doors and the garage door maintenance for that and the um, lubrication there. You can also... Uh, look at your garage door springs. That's one thing we talked about. So it's right above the garage door usually. So coat the overhead torsion springs mounted above the roller track with a garage door lubricant. So all the springs will eventually break. I can attest to that. My springs broke. I couldn't get out in my garage for a while. So the garage door company had to come and replace that spring for me. So, but if you lubricate them at least once a year, it'll help make them last longer. Spraying can be messy. It's part of a, you know, protect, protect the wall behind it, especially. So maybe put up, a, hold a piece of cardboard in one hand while you uh, spray it. Wear, make sure you wear some safety glasses. And if you're up on a ladder, make sure your ladder is up to par before you get up there, spray that. So again, garage door lubricant is available at most home centers. Lube the rollers, hinges, and a track while you're at it. So like I said, that, that one can can, Utilize that for the track, the rollers, the springs, everything for your garage door. Next, checking for high water pressure. You know, I do this when we go camping. Sometimes you go to a park and there's high water pressure. If you've got an RV or something, you don't want that high pressure. So you use a, a regulator for that. But a, a technician was assisting, this is a stand that a technician was assisting a water softening installer who was replacing a fairly new softener because the first one had ruptured and filled the pipes with little little beads of zeolite. The installer didn't seem too worried about why the first one had failed, but the assistant did, did a little investigating, and the water pressure test gave him a reading of more than 110 PSI. So if you've got great water pressure in your house, that's great, but sometimes a, too much pressure can be not good for connections like that if you have a water softener or, or extra things like that. So the culprit was a 20-year-old pressure-reducing valve, and after a new valve was installed, the pressure went down to 75 pounds, and uh, so that helped and found, and that's usually found near the main water shutoff valve, but not all homes have them, so it depends on your what city you live in and where you're at if those are, those are installed. So I know uh, sometimes... We had some busted water lines out at a, out of the house in another county at one time, and it was mainly a, a plastic line that was from the meter to the house. Well, it just every every so often we had a different break in a different spot where we ended up replacing that with a new PEX line, but the water pressure was just so high in that that particular city. So just something to keep keep mind of and uh, track of there. So, all right, next is a check for any nests, mice nests in engine compartments. So outside, if you have 
window AC units, lawn mowers, depending on where you're keeping lawn mowers, especially now that mowing season is coming to an end. This is something good to check for maybe at the beginning of the season. If you have a vehicle, piece of equipment that's been sitting unused for a while, check for nests before you start it up. Last thing you want to do is take your boat out and discover that you had little furry stowaways that have chewed through half your wires in your nest. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Because those sometimes would become little houses for little critters. All right, and we did get through it all. So last on the list, checking your garage door balance. Like a teeter-totter? No. Properly balanced garage door is less likely to injure someone or something and keeps the door opener from working too hard, which will shorten its life. To check the balance on a door, close the door, and then disengage the opener by pulling the opener release handle, manually pull up the door about halfway and let go. A properly balanced door will stay in the halfway position by itself. If it fails, or if it falls, when you've got it halfway, the tension needs to be increased. If the door rises, the door spring has too much tension, which means it's working harder than it needs to. So a good proper balance, just remember right in the middle is where you want it, and uh, get through that. All right, now we are moving into the bonus round. All right, I'm gonna get through these, see if I can get through all these questions. So I ask all my guests these questions, but some of, some of these you've heard from me, some of them you haven't. So here we go. Do I match my socks? No, I do not. So I haven't matched my socks for years. And it's become a thing now where even if I grab the same socks that are the same, I get uh, two different ones. You know, it's a, it's a good, it's a good fun way to just remember. It, it's a reminder for me. One, one thing that I, that reminds me of is I'm not perfect and I don't have to be perfect. So don't match your socks. That's what I do. All right. Ice cream or chocolate bar. Oh, it really depends on the, I'm really ice cream guy. Puppies or kittens? Puppies, definitely. Hot, humid day, sunny, or 70 degree spring day raining? I'm more for the hot and humid because I like uh, spending time on the lake. Snowy, snowing, go outside or stay inside? Definitely go outside. I like to uh, get on the, I like to snowboard. Mustard or ketchup? Mustard over ketchup. Favorite book or recent book I've read other than the Bible? So The Motive by Patrick Lencioni is a book that I've recently read. If I wasn't doing my current career, what would you be and why? I would be a restaurant owner. I love the restaurant business. All my friends that are in restaurants. Thanks for joining us this week. And I'm during my new uh, soundboard. I'm making it a little fun around here. So see you next week at Skinny on the Home. I'll see you then. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. <laughs>